Welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals and the greater community. So excited today to welcome Sarah Klein, an Australian Commonwealth Games and World Championship representative in the marathon. Sarah has worked with the TSIC Exercise Physiology Department since the Com Games in 2014. She currently works in education, is very passionate about the balance of sport and career and getting the uh, best out of herself in whatever she does. Thank you so much for being here today, Sarah. Thanks, Pip. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be able to join you on the podcast. Now, tell us a bit about how you got into marathon running. It's been some time now. Yeah, well, my marathon running journey sort of started partway through um, or later into my my time as a runner. I started off as a little athletics athlete and then went through seniors and school and all of that and um, added running a marathon to my bucket list probably um, mid to late 20s um, and didn't run my first one until I was, uh, I think I was 29 or 30 at the time. So um, I've run uh, six marathons since then. Um, but yeah, definitely did all of the, uh, track and field and cross country and road racing through my early twenties before I got into, um, the longer distances. Fantastic. You obviously run it to have gone back six times. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the first one went better than I thought it would and led me, um, to the, um, qualifying for the Commonwealth games and then on to the world champs. So, um, yeah, I had a bit of success with it. Um, love the challenge of it and certainly pushes your body and your mind to the limits. And I really like that about the event. So, um, yeah, I haven't run one now for maybe a year and a half, but yeah, looking towards the next one, hopefully later this year. Which has been your favorite one so far? Um, that's a good question. I've had um, favourites for different reasons. The first one was certainly a journey just getting to the start line. So, um, and that I did that in Melbourne. And so being able to share that with family and friends and my coach um, was a really emotional um, experience just because it did take so long even just to get to the start line. Um, but probably the Commonwealth Games um in Glasgow, uh, I had a lot of family and friends uh, come and support me in that event, and it was my first time running in the green and gold. And it was, you know, I ran a PB on the day and got to share it with lots of people. And it was just a, again, another really emotional experience, but one that I'm, yeah, really proud of, and was was an honour as my first time in the green and gold. So, yeah, very memorable experience. Yeah, I'm sure. So exciting. So, when's your next one then? What are you thinking? Well, I was uh, planning on doing the Gold Coast Marathon, which is um, a couple of weeks away from today, but um, I had a bit of a fall a couple of weeks ago and hurt myself. And so I'm going to have to delay that, um, my marathon for 2021, hopefully do Melbourne um, in October. So that's that's the plan for now. Okay. A Gold Coast would have been a bit warmer. <laughs> it would have been a bit warmer and hopefully we don't get a windy day in Melbourne in October. So um, I was really looking forward to doing Gold Coast, but it wasn't to be for this year. So yeah, we'll just focus the attention on Melbourne yeah. later. <laughs> so let's talk about injuries then. Over your running career, have you had many? Well, I, I you know, I've 
kind of have to um, reflect on myself sitting here thinking about all the the injuries that I have gone through over you know my career. I wasn't an injury uh, prone runner when I was younger, um, but certainly the last six years, sort of through my thirties. Um, I have had a number of injuries, um, probably sort of one significant one every 12 months, um, all uh, bone related, which, um, yeah, which is, has taken a couple of months out of my training at um, each every 12 months and, you know, forced me to rebuild again. Um, it's kind of really only been the last 18 months or so that I've been able to string together some, you know, a year plus of training um, without being injured um, until my latest fall, which was not running related, although I was on a run when I did fall. I tripped and um, fell quite heavily on the road and fractured my kneecap. Um, So yeah, it's kind of, it's, you know, frustrating that it's not a running related injury um, because I was being able to, had been able to string together some good training and some good miles. I was getting quite fit, but Um, yeah, that's put a halt on that. But, you know, to answer the question, I suppose, yeah, I have been injury um, prone the last sort of six years or so. But prior to that, I was pretty um, resilient, I think, maybe just a younger body. um, And yeah, didn't have too many troubles back through my 20s. So apart from this um, latest one, were the others all running related then? Yeah, they were running related. They were mostly um, bone stress injuries, and um, I, um, yeah, I had three in one of my femurs, um, a, a bone stress fracture. I had one in the other femur, and I had a really um, quite a severe uh, tibial fr- uh, stress fracture as well in um, one of my legs. So they've been sort of the bone injuries the last. Uh, five years or so, but I also had a chronic um, Achilles issue. And so had surgery surgery on that back in um, 2018, which was probably about four years in the making. Um, and it was just restricting my running so much. And it was, I was kind of faced with the decision to either get the surgery done and, you know, you might get some success or you might not, or keep trying to run through it and manage it. Um, but yeah, we went down the surgery path and it was the best thing. Um, it was absolutely the best thing to do. Yeah, fantastic. So obviously marathons are long races. So is these overuse injuries? Is that? Yeah, well, like they are bone stress are overuse injuries, but I think in my case, one of the, um, one of the contributing factors to reoccurring bone stress was, you know, being a female and not getting a period for, um, you know, four or five years or so. And, you know, that's probably a topic for another podcast, but that was, um, you know, whilst these were bone stress injuries and I was running a lot of miles, I think there were other things going on in my body as well that um, definitely impacted. And so with each bone stress injury, we would um, reassess the build-up and we'd reassess the mileage and the load. And, um, you know, each time we'd adjust a little bit and then tr- and try to get a little bit further. Um, but then my body would yeah, tend to break down again and um, we'd be back at square one. So the, the latest build-up, which was um, 
back in early, or was through 2020, um, yeah, we really adjusted things and, and went slower um, and tried to manage the load and the intensity and all of that and, and have certainly got further. And I've, I'm at a standstill at the moment again, but it's not a bone stress injury. It's a trauma one this time. <laughs> so I think we, 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 we got it right this time. Yeah. So is it, what's your recovery looking like for this one then? What are they saying? Well, they said I've had a couple of um, prognoses, one um, six weeks and one around eight weeks. I think I'll take the six weeks. Um, <laughs> we always I, like to hear that yeah. one, <laughs> I'm at um, coming up to three weeks now um, and I reckon I'm on the express um, recovery plan, so I'm, I'm hoping for closer to four to six. But That's my, what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think many people would agree with that. But, um, yeah, I, I've hopefully only got a couple of weeks to go and I can start jogging again. Yeah, fantastic. So how do these injuries impact you? What what what's it either stopped you doing or entering or running or Yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. How does it impact me? Um I think it it it's a really hard transition to make because when you're um when you're training for something or you're in athlete mode um, so much of your day revolves around what you're doing for training and what you're doing as an athlete and what you're training for and what your goals are. And when you get an injury and that stops in a second, um, not only does it change, um, like it changes everything. It changes what you think about when you wake up in the morning. It changes the way you plan out a day, um, how you balance um, your commitments um, how busy you are, um, yeah, it, it has a lot of impacts on um, what you do and how you feel. And I think that um, one of the things that I've gotten quite good at now and because I've been forced to practice is making that transition. And so, you know, um, being um, knowing the knowing the difference between who my or knowing what my identity is and knowing that you know I'm I'm Sarah Klein I have lots of passions and interests I'm not just Sarah Klein the runner and so when the running is taken away I've got lots of other things that I like to do and um, do with my time and um, pursuits that I um, you know invest in as well my career being one of them. And so when I can't do my running, I, you know, turn that focus into other things that I can do and that and that I'm passionate about. And so, um, you know, in this latest injury, I've sort of been joking to a few people that I'm I'm still in the stage of grief and in asking why me. Yeah. Um, which it, you know, I kind of still am in that stage. I I just don't understand how that and why that's happened to me. Um, but in saying that, I've been able to get on with, um, you know, work and and other things that I am, um, you know, are passionate about and able to sort of spend my time investing into that space. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a hard transition to make, um, but you need to be deliberate about it and deliberate about having other things in your life because when um, it's taken away, you need to be able to find a way to keep on keeping on. So you said you had to practice that. Do you think you have definitely become better at it, 
the very first injury, do you remember how that how you felt about that compared to how you feel about now? Yeah, yeah. I think I was like really bad company when I was injured <laughs> the first time and really unpleasant to be around. And I think that some feedback that I received during that time. <laughs> from so, someone close? Yeah, <laughs> yes, from someone close. It certainly helped me, um, you know, keep it in, in perspective. And I think it's, you know, it's really easy to be a good person and up and about and encouraging when things are going well and when you're running well. And I think the real test of, you know, your character and your strength is still being that person when things are not going well. And so um, that's something that I tried to be really deliberate about um, through my downtimes is not just being a misery and a wet blanket for other people, but for, you know, going about my business and doing the things that I can do through cross training and through um, investing time in other spaces Um and knowing that if you, you follow that process and you get through it, my time will come again. And um, and it's just about, you know, yeah, being strong during the times when things aren't going well. And, um, you know, if my injury journey has taught me anything, there's probably more times where things aren't going well than when they are. And so you need to be able to um, keep that um, in perspective and, and not let it, you know, cloud everything that you're doing because, there are going to be a lot, lots of times when things aren't going to plan. Mm. And that's in life in general as well, isn't it? So Yeah, absolutely. So did someone sort of, you know, really give you a wake-up call about that or did that gradually come? Mm, I think it's... I think it was also on um, reflection in my interactions with other athletes as well when they're, you know, going through hard times, um, you know, because I, I remember going through some of my um, best achievements when um, people were going through their lowest times and they found it really hard to sort of be supportive of me. And I thought that I always wanted to be someone that was supportive of others. And so, um, you know, just trying to be that person, even when I was not going through, you know, great times and success was something that was really important for me and to um, my, my running groups and, and the people that always have been supportive of me. So, um, yeah, I think it was more um, not necessarily one person giving me a wake-up call but just having to go through these times again and again um, and wanting to be a better person and, and learn from it, um, yeah, each time because I think each time you do take something away from it that makes you stronger as an athlete and stronger as a person and so focusing on those takeaways mm. rather than you know what you can't do is um, has been important to me. And you said at the moment that you're probably still in the grief process. You had a race coming up. Yep. <laughs> and that's as you said only a few weeks away. So running is an individual sport but you obviously train in t- with training partners and things. So you are in a team in a way. Mm. Um, so how's the rest of that team looking? Yeah, well, I, I think I sort of withdraw a little bit. I've had a few people reach out to me and, you know, see how I'm going and give me some encouragement. And I really appreciate that, but I haven't responded to them yet, actually, <laughs> because I just am not in that space where I want to confront it yet. Yeah. And I just want to, um, you know, if I've got to step away from my training and racing, I, I also, you know, I also don't want it in my face as well. Um, and so, yeah, I've, it's, 
I, I want to be part of that journey with with others, but I want to also be able to take care of myself mm. um, and respect the space and the the time that I need to come to terms with not being able to do something um, that I was so invested in. And if that means that, you know, I take a little bit longer to reply to messages or I don't get to a race to, to cheer my teammates on, then, you know, if that's something I've got to do for myself for a couple of weeks, then um, I just need to respect that um, and know that, you know, um, injuries just take time to to recover and to heal and that time will come and go and when it does I'll be able to you know get back in um, into my training and and be able to watch and support and encourage the yeah the others in our group as well mm. and as you said this one is a really close one you know it's you're looking at that you hope to be running again in three weeks and this race is in three weeks and yeah so that timeline's really close isn't it yeah, yeah it is and um yeah and and if I want to be back running in those three weeks I need to do the right things during um during the downtime as well mm. so it's just yeah important to trust the process um do the bits that you can do um and and yeah be be patient and go easy on yourself as well. And I think, as you said, you know that you need to not necessarily, you know, if you need to pull away a little bit or not respond quickly, you've got to have that Mm self-care because if you can't look after yourself, you can't then look after anyone else uh, in your personal life or your work life or your sporting life. Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely something that, um, you know, I've learned over the years and, um, you know, that that running, you know, whilst that's something I love and that's what I want to be doing at the moment, there are also other things that I enjoy doing. And so when I can't run, what are the other things that I do? And, um, you know, I can go for some nice walks or catch up with people or do some reading or listening to podcasts and doing those things that I can't do when I'm in, in full training. And, um, yeah, I just think it's um, that, that practice of being able to transition between fully invested as an athlete to transitioning into the other things that I like to do that aren't running is, um, you know, it's important. It's firstly important to know what those things are that you mm. like to do when you can't, you know, be wearing your athlete hat. And so, um, yeah, that is, that's definitely um, something that I deliberately do to take care of myself. Um, but it's taken a while to be able to, um, you know, learn what my identity and what my values and purpose is outside of being an athlete. Um, because if you aren't clear on those things, then it's really hard to know how to spend your time when you're not being an athlete. Mm. And I know you're a high level athlete, but even for, you know, those that are playing weekend footy or just weekend fun runs and things, they've also got to know those things, don't they? If, you know, nobody likes being injured and yeah, it does separate yeah. them from the, what's going on with the rest of their teammates or yep. friends. You know, it might be social riding or social running, but it mm. separates people from, from that happening. Yeah, it does. And, and I, you know, I don't really, I don't think there is much of a distinction between whether you're a high-level athlete or you're a low-level athlete or a, a recreational athlete. You, if you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is go for a bike ride or go for a run or go swimming training and then all of a sudden that's taken away, that transition and that, um, that pro- the, the, the process of processing, um, you know, how you deal with that is the same for, ev- for anyone. And so, yeah, being able to, um, you know, 
one of the things that I've learned about myself is that I like to get the most out of myself. I like to push my body physically to the limits. If I can't do that through running, there are other ways that I can do that. And so, um, you know, I've done a little bit of cycling when I can't run and I've done a little bit of hiking, you know, when I can't run as well. And so there are other ways to push your, your body physically and your mind in different contexts that unless you explore that deliberately is it's, it's harder to make that transition. And that's the same for, you know, elite athletes or for recreational um, athletes as well. Yeah. Do you think there's a, a happy amount of time where you might step back from your sport? You know, that does it then become too much where the grief really is eating away? Yeah, I, I think it is just different for, for everyone. And I think it sort of, um, it depends on maybe what the events are and what you were aiming for. Um yeah, I think it's just something that's different for, for everyone. I think maybe as you get a bit older, um, you might have, you know, family in the mix that it might be easier to sort of step away and, and focus on other things with, you know, if you've got your career and perhaps when you're younger, so much um, of your, you know, social life and your friends can be um, tied up in sport as well. And so that can be really difficult to still be around when you don't have those other outlets. So mm. I think it's, yeah, I think it's just something that, depending on where you're at in your in your life and what events were coming up, what you were training for, I think those, yeah, those stages are, are, are different for everyone and that's okay. They yeah. don't need to be the same. And is your current injury stopping you doing much? Are you able to walk or ride or do have you had have you had an outlet with this one? No. And mm. <laughs> it was during lockdown as well. And so um, it was, yeah, it was a real test for me because I wasn't able to um, walk, I wasn't able to cycle and we were in lockdown, I was on a crutch. So it was, yeah, it's it's really, it's a really hard thing to go from like being really active running, you know, 140 kilometres a week to being completely sedentary and doing nothing, that physical feeling that you get mm. of, you know, going from being an athlete to a what felt like a slob is it's it's not enjoyable. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's two weeks. There are other things that I can, you know, do during that time. I can sit and read a book, which is not something that I would usually get to do sort of, you know, midterm as a teacher or, um, you know, listen to podcasts or catch up on some Netflix. And, you know, whilst there are you know, that's not what I wanted to be doing. I can, you know, you can, you can, you can transition that for a couple of weeks. That time will come and go. I am walking now. So, you know, you've just sort of got to live the process and, and trust it and go easy on yourself. Yeah. I know that the practitioners here in particular, when they have to tell someone you can't actually train for a couple of weeks, they don't like telling people that either. They know how important, you know, that outlet is for people and yeah. it's their job, they're the experts, but I know they don't like telling people, let alone people hearing it. Yeah, and, you know, when I sort of hear that news and receive that news, I, I can wear two hats. I can either wear my athlete hat or I can wear my rational hat and my athlete hat, you know, responds with misery and, you know, why me? And this is, you know, um, like, you know, it's only going to take me four weeks, not eight. And, you know, you know, that's my irrational athlete hat. But if you if you change hats and look at it from another perspective and, um, you know, focus on the things that you can do and that you can control, I have a much more rational response um, in in that moment. So I sort of flick between those those minds, athlete mind and rational mind um and you know they are both they complement each other mostly um but I've just got to yeah I think just being aware that there are 
different responses that you can choose um, and that they, you know, your responses are a choice. That is something you control and you can um, choose that. So it's, yeah, not easy, but something that, um, yeah, with practice over time, I think I'm getting better at. Yeah, the control the controllables is huge, though. We talk about that often. It's, yeah. You beat yourself up if you can't control it. So, and that's that's however wherever you apply that um, saying, I think is is always relevant. Whether it's in work and through lockdown or through injury or whatever it is that you're facing, the all the unknown and the change that we go through, um, focus on what you can control. Mm. Yep. So, what have you done then over the last couple of weeks? What, what book? What Netflix? You know what? Um, well, I have watched a couple of documentaries on Netflix. Although I'm looking for a new series because, um, yeah, I haven't I haven't really connected with one. I've watched a bit of Handmaid's Tale. I've been reading a, a true crime book from um, one of my favourite authors, um, Vicky Petratus. Listening to lots of podcasts actually, and um, which I just enjoy learning um and yeah just the different perspectives from around the world and how it sort of informs my thinking and my work as well um but also working um you know all the the things that sort of you know get maybe get compromised a little bit when I'm um uh training two times a day um just being able to uh obviously not do that and then focus on giving a little bit more attention to um yeah stuff going on at work in saying that, my work has demanded a lot of me over the last couple of weeks because of the lockdown and, mm. um, you know, I'm a teacher and so the change to online learning and all of that sort of stuff. Um, again. Yeah, again, <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely takes up time and and that's okay, you know, because I've, I've got that bit of extra time and so, um, yeah, I it sort of speaks to my theory of balance that I don't think balance is something that, you know, people should necessarily strive for every day, but I think it's something you can achieve over time. And so when I think about the last couple of months, um, it's really been um, heavy training and running. Uh, but when I'm injured, that obviously goes and I can spend and invest some more time in, you know, friends and family and, and TV and podcasts and whatever. Um, and so, you know, I haven't been very balanced in terms of physical activity the last couple of weeks, but if you spread that out over the last couple of months and it sort of, you know, it, it does become a little bit more balanced. So I think you've just got to ride those waves um, and over time that, that balance line probably looks a little bit uh, more even mm. rather than just looking at it in a day or over a week. Yeah. So how do you share these experiences of being an athlete and being injured with your students as being a teacher? How does that weave in? Yeah, well, I think just um, being able to share the journey with them and this, you know, this is the uh, sharing the the highs and the lows and being able to speak about it in the moment. So I find it really, you know, I love being able to share the great moments with my students and having represented Australia and, you know, showing them photos and my uniform and all that sort of stuff is is great. But equally speaking to them, I remember speaking to them at an assembly in 2016. I was, you know, aiming to go to the Olympics um, and we had a former student come and speak at assembly. She had been <laughs> selected. And then there was me who followed up with the story of the, you know, I didn't get selected. And so I think it's just important to, 
you know, be able to speak about the highs in the moment, but also speak about the lows in the moment as well. Because quite often we'll share the stories and, you know, you reflect back and say there were these low points, but look at me now, you know, everything's great right now. But I think you need to be able to talk about the low times in the low times as well. And, you know, be able to say that these are my goals moving forward. I'm not there at the moment, but, you know, I'm sharing it with you now. So you can see that, Sometimes things suck and sometimes you've got to have a mountain to climb in front of you, but be willing to talk about it, Um, you know, to share the reality, but also help, you know, people can help keep you accountable as well. I think it's great for kids too, because, you know, not every day is success and you've got to work hard some, well, a lot of the time to achieve the things you wanted to achieve. And I think kids really do need to understand that and see that in real life. Yeah. And, and in fact, most days aren't success. And, you know, like the last time I ran in the green and gold was back in 2015. And um, yeah, what are we, 2021 now, that's a, a long time between drinks. I've, I've still, I'm still aiming to get back there, um, you know, hopefully, but um, who knows what the what the journey um, will hold. But just know that in the meantime, I'm going to do everything that I can to get there. And I think that that's a that's that's the majority of the experience um, for most people. It's the it's the hard work and not just the the outcome. Mm. So what what's your message or your takeaway for um, anyone that's suffering an injury? Yeah, I think um, a couple of things. Take the time to explore yourself and um, what you enjoy doing away from sport and knowing that, you know, um, your sport is not who you are, it's an outlet for you and that you can find an outlet or different contexts to um, to explore yourself and to to do the things that you enjoy. And so, but you need to be deliberate about it, you know, waking up in the morning and knowing you can't go for a run, um, you're not going to magically know what um, what else you enjoy doing unless you get out and, and try some new things and do something different. And so you need to be really deliberate about doing that. Um, I think that, you know, take the time to achieve that balance. You might have had a lot of uh, time over the last couple of months or years, just focus solely on your sport. Um, take the couple of weeks or, you know, six to eight weeks, whatever it is, to find some balance and to do the things that you can't do when you are being an athlete and your life is absorbed with being an athlete. Um, that's okay. That's okay to do that. Um, and I think also going easy on yourself. Um, we can be our harshest critics. Um, and we can, um, yeah, be really hard on ourselves. And I think it's okay to just like, don't be too hard on yourself and to, you know, if you have to sit on the couch with your leg up for a day or a week or however long, just respect the process and do that. And it's okay. And you will get back into training when the time is right. And this will just be, you know, a memory in the rear vision mirror at some stage, but in the meantime, just go easy on yourself. Yeah, thank you. So what's next on the agenda for you? So Melbourne? Yeah, so I'm hoping Melbourne Marathon in October. Um, I And then and the track season uh, over summer, um, you know, there's a couple of uh, championship opportunities next year in some of the distances that I'll run just 
because the the championship schedule has been condensed from COVID and the Olympics being moved to this year. And so I'm hoping that I can be fit going into 2022 and um, put myself in in the best position I can for selection in in any event or team. I'll take I'll take any um, opportunity, but I've just got to make sure that I'm um, yeah fit and and healthy and um, put myself in the best position I can to be able to run in the green and gold again. So. That's my plan. <clears throat> Fantastic. We do look forward to seeing you in the green and gold again. So thank you so much for coming today and really sharing um, what you're going through. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Pip. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great to, to talk about it. If you have a topic you would like covered, get in touch via our socials. The contact details can be found in the episode notes. If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.